Hello and welcome back to the QUB GP Society podcast. This is a continuation of our series from last year entitled Common Conditions in General Practice and is aimed at medical students. We will be discussing some of the most common conditions that you see in a primary care setting in terms of their pathology, presentation, diagnosis and management. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can catch up with our previous episodes and see all of our upcoming episodes. You can also check out our society on social media so that you can keep up to date with news and events. But now, on to today's episode. My name is Taryn Kungura and I am Secretary for the Queen's University GP Society. Thank you for joining us for this podcast on systemic lupus erythematosus. Systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE, is an autoimmune inflammatory disease of the connective tissue that affects multiple systems of the body. In particular, it affects the skin, joints and internal organs. In SLE, anti-nuclear autoantibodies cause the immune system to target proteins within the individual's cell nucleus, resulting in the formation and deposition of immune complexes in connective tissue. These complexes result in a chronic inflammatory response. SLE can either develop abruptly with fever, mimicking the effects of an acute infection, or develop insidiously over time with episodes of fever and malaise. The condition often takes a relapse-remitting course, with flare-ups occurring between periods of improved symptoms. SLE is a relatively uncommon disease, but a very important disease nonetheless. The prevalence of SLE is estimated to be 28 per 100,000 in the adult population within the UK. Considering this, it is estimated that general practitioners are likely to see a new case of SLE every 7 to 10 years. Being a female is the single strongest factor in predicting potential SLE diagnosis and it is likely due to a combination of genetic, hormonal and differential environmental exposures. Although the condition can occur in a range of individuals, it disproportionately affects women of childbearing age at a female-to-male ratio of 9 to 1, and typically onset peaks between late teens and early 40s. However, the mean age of diagnosis in women is 37 to 50 years old, reflecting a delayed diagnosis. In addition, the prevalence of SLE drastically differs between ethnic groups. Individuals of Asian Afro-Caribbean or Hispanic ancestry are more likely to develop SLE than their Caucasian counterparts. Among Afro-Caribbean women, an estimated 206 will develop SLE per 100,000. The clinical manifestations of SLE differ between patients. However, most commonly patients present with constitutional, non-specific symptoms. Joint pain is the most common presentation occurring in almost 90% of patients followed by skin rashes, which affects 75% of patients, and lupus nephritis, which manifests in 40% of patients. Other non-specific symptoms include a photosensitive malar or butterfly rash, meaning it gets worse with sunlight, fatigue, muscle pain, fever, weight loss, lymphadenopathy, splenomegaly, reduced kidney function, shortness of breath, pleuretic chest pain, dry eyes, mouth ulcers, hair loss, seizures and psychosis. 
the effects of SLE can range from debilitating to life-threatening. Unfortunately, due to the non-specific presentation of SLE, their diagnosis can be delayed. A full blood count will typically reveal normocytic anemia and cytopenia. Renal function tests will indicate a reduced EGFR. Liver function test results will suggest a liver abnormality and urinalysis will reveal blood and proteins, which is suggestive of lupus nephritis. Similarly, immunoglobulins will be raised due to activation of B cells with inflammation. Early stage SLE is difficult to diagnose due to the constitutional presentation, so patients are likely to be misdiagnosed. Nevertheless, if a diagnosis of SLE is considered, primary care clinicians must test for autoantibodies to nuclear antigens, as well as rheumatoid factor. 85% of patients with SLE test positive for anti-nuclear antibodies or ANA, which are antibodies against nuclear proteins in the cell. However, an ANA blood test is context-dependent and can be positive in a handful of conditions. Therefore, only a positive result in a constitutionally symptomatic individual will encourage a diagnosis of SLE. In addition, clinicians can test for anti-double-stranded DNA, which is highly specific to SLE and appears in almost 70% of patients. It is a useful indicator of disease progression. Lastly, Anti-phospholipid antibodies have been associated with SLE presenting in about 40% of patients where anti-phospholipid syndrome may coexist. Ultimately, a clinical diagnosis of SLE is made using the SLIC criteria. Patients must fulfil at least four criteria including at least one clinical criterion and one immunologic criterion or present with lupus nephritis as the sole clinical criterion in the presence of anti-nuclear antibodies or anti-double-stranded DNA antibodies. The clinical criteria includes acute cutaneous lupus, chronic cutaneous lupus, oral ulcers, non-scarring alopecia, synovitis affecting two or more joints, lupus nephritis, neurological effects, hemolytic anemia, leukopenia, and thrombocytopenia. Immunological criteria includes race, anti-nuclear antibodies, anti-double-stranded DNA antibodies, anti-Smith antibodies, anti-phospholipid antibodies, low complement, and direct Coombs test in the absence of hemolytic anemia. Unfortunately, there is no cure for SLE. However, medical intervention and lifestyle changes can help control symptoms and their complication. Treatment aims to induce remission, maintain remission and manage any comorbidities. The mainstay of treatment for SLE are anti-inflammatory and immunosuppressive medications including non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, prednisolone and hydroxychloroquine. Simple measures such as using adequate sunscreen to limit UV exposure are also very important. For severe lupus, methotrexate Tachloromus, leflunomide, and cyclosporin may be prescribed. In unresponsive lupus, biological therapies including rituximab and belumumab are the main options. In SLE, the extent of multi-system involvement correlates to the mortality and morbidity rates. The greater the involvement, the higher the risk of mortality or morbidity. Cardiovascular disease remains the leading cause of death amongst SLE patients. 
due to the effects of chronic inflammation leading to hypertension and coronary artery disease. Other complications may include pericarditis, pleuritis, lupus nephritis, gynecological problems including recurring miscarriage and venous thromboembolism, especially in patients with coexistent antiphospholipid syndrome. In summary, systemic lupus erythematosus is an inflammatory autoimmune connective tissue disease. While some may only associate SLE with the typical Mala butterfly rash, in reality, lupus can affect nearly every bodily system with a wide range of symptoms and complications. General practitioners have a responsible role to play in arranging early stage investigations for their patients which can help lead to timely and appropriate diagnosis and management of the condition. We hope that you have enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. If you have any ideas, suggestions or feedback, please get in touch with us via email at gp sock at qub.ac.uk Our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram accounts are regularly updated with all the essential information from our society. Thank you for listening and goodbye.